Today is Thursday, January 28th, 2021. Cal, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Literally, I'm doing all right. Like, I'm not doing amazing or terrible. All right is actually not because, you know, that's the default answer. But that's right, actually right. appropriate for how I'm feeling right now. So I'm all using right. it. Um, okay. I wanted to start, honestly, David, I wanted to start by just thanking you because I don't have literally anybody, I don't have anybody besides you who I can just come on here and talk about topics like these. Like, mm. literally, don't have anybody else but you. Mm. And I don't know what I would do. I have so I have so many thoughts, and I'm not in school, so I don't really have an outlet for any of this besides this podcast. If I'm being completely honest, right? I mean, to be fair, same here. Um, you know, I think I think we've reached a level of of knowing each other and knowing how we think and how how we how we respond to ideas that we're able to share very effectively. Like, you know, I, I've got people I know here, but obviously but it's, it's different. Not it's different. It's different. Yeah. You know, it's unique. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's uh, irreplaceable in my opinion. Um, so, so yeah, man, what's, what's on your mind? So I've been reading 1984. So there's a lot of shit Ooh, on my mind. Yeah. Like this will get you paranoid and you will just draw similarities for the rest of your life to 1984 after you read it. It's, it's like you, I just now see all these things happening and you know, it's all disguised. It's all disguised, but it really is all very 1984 like. Um, and like, David, you really do need to read this book. Like this is now, in my opinion, this should be number one on your list. I don't care. It goes in front of anything that's on your list because now that I'm, I'm on page 200 and 10 of like 300 and we just have George Orwell here just spewing his these political theories that are mind-blowing. Mm. And it's mm. all the much better because it's behind this amazing story with these great characters. Mm. Um, and it's... Okay, so I just, wanted to, I just wanted to bring up this one thing that really did blow my mind and it really irked me and got me a little frustrated. And mm-hmm. George Orwell talks about the function of military. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the function of military. Like, what really, what is a military for? Um, and he thinks that the military, literally, it's only a purpose. It's not to protect. It's not to attack. It's not for strategy. It's not a deterrent. But it's just the place where we put a worker surplus and we take it away from him. That's where we put it. It's the perfect place to put it if you want to keep the lower class a lower class. There's no better place to put the the worker surplus because, I mean, think about it. If you reinvest it, suddenly you have a lower class that's not as lower class as they were before. You can't reinvest in your people if you're an oligarchy trying to keep power. So instead, the military is the taxpayer dollars fire pit. You stick it in there and it's gone. And so how do you justify the spending? Well, you create a common enemy, whether it's Russia, whether it's the Middle East, there's always someone that we're afraid of. And so the government's, the military's function is literally to take the money from the lower class so they can't have it. Yeah. And, and, and this brings up a good point in that, first of all, this is fucking mind-blowing, but also I think, because you know how they say like, oh, 
world superpowers. How do you measure world superpowers? Oh, look at their military. I disagree. I think what like the size of your military, what is what what does that show? That just simply shows like the size of your military, right? Depending on the size. And I guess this is different for different countries. But but for the US and Russia and China, the, the, these big superpowers, the larger your military is, the more oppressed your lower class is. Exactly. Yeah. Although you could argue that China is is has a not as big of a military, but also oppresses the lower class. But if we're saying like, oh, does military show the show the power of a country? No. It simply shows how much are you willing to screw over people who pay pay the military, and, exactly. and how how much you're willing to take away from their pockets. And I love the way George Orwell puts it. Um, well, and we've done this throughout time. Like this isn't a new thing. Now back then, before military we used to do we used to tell the lower class to use their surplus labor in in other creative ways like creating pyramids and using them to do these really useless things monuments right and now it's now it's really just funding the military and george orwell said it's pretty much the equivalent of telling people to dig a hole and then fill it up with dirt and then just do that over and over again right and that's essentially what what we're doing and out of everything I've gotten out of the book, that one was the most freaky. I don't know why I just find it so unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of unsettling things about 1984. I mean, I haven't read it, but I've heard, and I will. I, I agree. I'm going to, after I finish this one book that I'm reading, because um, yeah. I really do need to finish this one. I have a really bad habit of starting a book and then like finding this other book and then finishing it. Oh, it's yeah. The, yeah. It's the equivalent of like ordering a bunch of food at a restaurant, like dishes, and then like eating halfway and then moving on to the other and wasting the rest. Yes, That's, yes. There's nothing worse than like reading a book for like a solid half, then forgetting about it, and then like a month later come back and you realize you forget there's no continuity. You forgot everything. Oh wow, that's a terrible feeling. So so you end up with a choice. You either fucking restart, which feels bad, or you continue kind of forgetting the first half and reading it with like little context, which also feels bad. So just <laughs> so there's just no win. You don't yeah. win. So so just don't put yourself in that situation. Read a book, yeah, finish it, finish and finish what you on. started. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. for me, I I started like four books and I all brought them to campus. I'm like a quarter of the way through all of them, and it just sucks. Because so I just said, "Fuck it." You know what? I'm gonna pretend I've never read any of this. Start with book one. Let me finish it. But yeah, I'll slot in 1984 after this book because I from I mean you you have said about it. You have talked about it multiple times. Yeah. And I think I think I can't avoid this. This is this is something that we both need to have common language on to talk about. And it's definitely not a book you just want to run through. Like Hitchhiker's mm. Guide is one of those books that you just fly through. And like Harry Potter, you just fly through it. Even though this is a fiction book, it's so nonfiction at the same time. So definitely realistic um, fiction. Or maybe exactly. Like interpretive I mean, fiction. Well, that's what people say is like it was fiction. And now it's not like it. Now it is just an accurate prediction. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, another thing I want to bring up, and and now now that I've read this book, everything, I, I, every time something happens in the news, I'm just like, wow, it was very 1984 of them to do that. Right. Um, I mean, do you know the term Orwellian? Oh, is that the term they they changed Orwell's name into like a adjective? Yeah, I just searched it up. So. So yeah, it's it's obviously from George Orwell's book, 1984. This came up as a name, uh, as a word now to describe the scenarios that he put in into this book, Orwellian. It's so the definition is characteristic of the writings of George Orwell, especially with reference to his dystopian account 
of a future totalitarian um, state in 1984. And it describes a situation. Uh, let me see. It uh, describes a situation, idea, or societal condition as being destructive to the welfare of a free and open society. So anything that's, that's that is Orwellian. Mm -hmm. You know, it's draconian, right? It's outdated and it's, it's, it's like of things that are Orwellian are like propaganda, mass surveillance, disinformation yes. campaigns, denial yes. of truths, double things, you know, let me see what double things are. Oh um, yeah. The double thing, they'll explain that in the book. Ah, so it's like you have two mutually contradictory beliefs, but then yes. you're forced to believe both of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Double thinking. It's like everyone in the uh, inner party, even though they're almost certain what they're doing is immorally correct. And they're almost certain that a revolution is like necessary. And they have to think otherwise at the same time and believe all of the inner parties, uh, fake propaganda. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I yeah. mean, I mean, that's just, that's double thinking. And it's, it's scary that some people literally have to do that in some countries. No, in this country right now, I think. Oh yeah. In this country. Okay. And yeah. And let, let's talk about, cause, cause I don't think Orwell, like, like it's not just about a totalitarian, total, oh, goodness. Totalitarian. Help me. Totalitarian yeah. government. Uh -huh. It could just be a totalitarian, oh my goodness. It's a tough word. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, authoritarian. I'll, how about that? I'll switch yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so he's not counting out just, I mean, he's not speaking of just a authoritarian government. Like it's just an authoritarian body of any kind. And I think big tech is just as scary. If I'm being completely honest with you, mm. I think, I think big tech is the big brother we have. I mean, like, all right, let's, let's think about what they did to uh, literally the right recently. Mm -hmm. Okay wiped him out mm. they wiped him out i mean our, our president has been banned from facebook has been banned from twitter or our previous president now it's been banned from all those sites i mean you can't even if he wants to tell you something you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to look him up or, or see what he's saying um and i think alex jones they 1984'd him now probably deservingly i mean he did right he did say some pretty terrible things, but the thing that I found so scary about Alex Jones was not only did they ban him from not producing any more, any, any more content, but they removed him from history. Like he doesn't exist, Like you can't, he, none of his content exists on the internet anywhere. And any content, any content that he is featured on also doesn't exist. Joe Rogan podcast gone. Podcasts that he's featured in, gone. Interviews, gone. There isn't a trace of him besides articles mm. talking about how terrible he was. So, yeah, big tech has the power to remove you from history. Mm. You know, <laughs> I mean, um, go ahead. I was going to say, like, because it's such a it's such a tough topic, right? Because yes, on one hand, Alex Jones and and frankly Donald Trump did violate, you know, certain uh, what what is it terms and conditions of of the platforms, but also left sided people do it all. Like you hear death threats to Donald Trump all the time. Technically, those violate terms and conditions, but they don't get banned. Frankly, because so many people do it, it's hard to <laughs> yeah, keep track. Yeah. 
so it's it's about this so i don't necessarily disagree with twitter facebook youtube enacting their terms and conditions which were made i think fairly with with you know logical result like you don't want to you can't produce content that would be dangerous harmful or implicative in any way but what i do have an issue with a lot of people have an issue is how they selectively apply those terms and conditions to their users meaning okay some people get off on a warning others get banned some people get you know ignored like the, the, their violations get ignored. Some people get their first chance, first violation, hit with the hardest consequence, and, and and that that is where that is where bias can come in, right? That is where because I think Twitter themselves, I think um Jack Dorsey on a Joe Rogan podcast actually like admitted that they have a left wing bias. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. You, you, do, you, do you hear about that or or see that clip from JRE? Um. But, but but yeah, he he just admitted like because he was questioned like yo so Proud Boys gets massively shot down on Twitter, but Antifa or I don't like using the word because Antifa is I'm so freaking annoyed with with this like how well, it's definitely it's definitely an organization that doesn't really exist. It's more completely honest. True, true. But it's honestly I'm gonna use this word sparingly, but like it's honestly Orwellian that people attribute antifa as like a fascist organization because its name itself implies <laughs> that it's anti-fascist but it's easy right and and same thing like i know like fox hosts say like antifa and blm as in like oh they, well they, they use, those, yeah, they use never, those two words exactly mm-hmm. they never separate them they use those two words to attach the meaning of terrorism of vandalism of violence and it's so messed up what they did to BLM in terms of a movement and a connotation. And but anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, so yeah, the, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's not wrong for them to hand out consequences because of terms and condition violations. Mm. What is the problem is the unequal distribution of the same yeah. violations. Terrible. But you know, I'd like to speak on like Antifa because okay. I've I've heard of the things going on in. Uh, the place in Oregon, Portland, like it's not, it, I think Antifa, if it's an organization, if it's an organization that really exists, but I guess I'm more saying just like extremely radical left and yes, the anti-fascist combined. I kind of, I'm kind of getting sick of them. If I'm being completely honest, I'm, I'm outright sick. They, uh, apparently there's like a library <laughs> that was, that had a few like fascist, um, political theory books uh, in Portland, and they they were doing book burnings, dude. Hmm. And, and like, is there any? That's just that's like the the staple anti. That's the staple fascist thing to do is to burn books. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they're are they knowingly becoming what they despise? Yeah, that's that's honestly what a lot of misinformed people do. Like, they think a cause is righteous. But really, it's not. And, and I think this is true for, quote unquote, any extremist, right? There are extremists who are anti-fascists. There are also moderates, like me and you. We're both anti-fascists, I'm assuming, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, exactly. And on the right-wing side, there are extremists, alt-right people, and then there are moderate conservatives, right? Who, who are f- small government, pro, pro, pro-life, pro all, all that jazz, right? 
And the, the, the unfortunate thing is, and, and both sides are guilty of this, is that they, they try as much as they can to, I don't know if it's the word, but like monolithicize, but like they try to, they try to make the extremist group seem as if representative of the entire group. Oh, of so course. Antifa is all of the left. Alt-right is all of the right. And that's the problem we have. It's definitely the problem we have. It's terrible. Uh, and, and also, okay, let's talk about the Capitol insurrection. Because, I mean, we we touched up on it briefly. And I was I was kind of getting just the CNN side of the story. Mm-hmm. Right? And I just don't think, I don't think it's an insurrection or a coup or anything along those lines. Like, I, I do... I, I've I found this really amazing podcast uh, called The Red Scare, and it's these two wonderful uh, Russian immigrants. They're both uh, women. I forgot their names. I should know their names, but uh, fantastic political ideas. Like I couldn't agree more with I would say ninety percent of the things they they've said. And dude, calling this capital siege like. Okay, this capital thing, a siege or a coup or an insurrection is just blatantly wrong, if I'm being completely honest with you. Like, if we really talk about what happened there, I see a whole bunch of divorced white guys with no kids, drunk as fuck, running into a building, having absolutely no direction or goal of what the plan is, taking selfies in Nancy Pelosi's office. Mm Mm-hmm. Like there's no yeah. plans to overthrow a government or to, <laughs> to to go commit a mass murder, okay? I, yeah. I I do think like this is bad. Like I I think that now BLM rallies aren't even about Black Lives Matter and Trump protests aren't about election fraud. Like it's just a war. Mm. And these two, <laughs> would you say war like? No, I mean it's not it's not war, but like the media is like at this point making it seem like it's just war. Like it's just one side coming out to demonstrate and the other side coming out to demonstrate. Right. When I'd say what there was two thousand people at this Trump rally in front of DC. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like two thousand people isn't representative of the right of the seventy-three million people who voted for Trump. And I'd say the looters during the Black Lives Matter protests aren't representative of the 80 million people who voted for Biden. Like, the media needs to drop these stories or, I mean, cover them, but cover them in a correct way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know the term yellow journalism, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. It's, it's like, I forgot, like, the exact A-push definition, but it's like, you know, uh, like the headlines, you know, massive insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, it's meant to garner fear, excitement, clicks, attention, all that. Here's the thing: I I'm not so sure I wouldn't call it an insurrection because the thing is with this is that yes, it was disorganized. Yes, the people themselves were not competent <laughs> doing this stuff. I mean, we <laughs> saw it, but I think we have to keep in mind like the intention here. What was their intention entering the Capitol looking for legislators? There were like screenshots of, of text, like, where are they? And like, oh, they're down in the catacombs, Capitol catacombs. Like, you know, I, I frankly believe that we were lucky we didn't have an elected official die that day. 
if they were found like in the office or whatever like frankly i'm i'm i think i mean if you really think about it right the, the people there they were you know frenzied up as a mob uh, and and they accidentally already killed five right so you know i think we were lucky that we didn't see congressmen or congresswomen or any elected official die that day because they had like an evacuation plan um now okay for oh god though i don't, I don't really know because coup is coup implies of a of an organized movement to, to particularly seize power but an insurrection i think it counts for the attempt okay yeah and i mean i guess if we're talking about an insurrection okay so i'm not saying that like what happened wasn't violent but I'm, I'm. What I guess what I'm trying to say is like the people there. Um, I mean, like there was at least five people there who had ham, uh, uh, hammer and sickle tattoos. Like these yeah, people, yeah, yeah. Like, like these people are are anarchists and would have hopped. Like they're like just protest hoppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, uh-huh. So it's like an it's like a directionless insurrection. I guess is the correct term to put on it. Right. Yeah. And uh, frankly, I agree. Yeah. I, I think blaming the people is is not, not right. Yes. And again, this is the same thing with the BLM movements, right? And protests, right? There were people, bad actors, right? There were bad actors who hijacked the movement's uh, kind of social energy to wreak havoc and violence. And I think the same thing happened here with the capital rights. I think most people, most people were good people but you have to think about why they were there, why they were there at Washington D.C. People flew from like all over the country too, right? And yeah, yeah. You have to think about why they were there, and I think you can just go back to this again. Like I think you can go back to why Trump was elected. People are confused, scared, and angry because their quality of life has not improved in the past few decades. And then, so you know, they're looking for a reason. They're looking for a reason. They're looking for a reason. Boom, they're given a reason by Trump. And then when you threaten to take that away from them, and when you threaten, when Trump says that, yes, you will, your life will go back to that confusion again without me, I can completely understand why they would be so, so riled up to defend this, right? Mm-hmm. I think the fact is, is that, and I'm, I'm going to fucking sound like a politician here, but for the sake of drama, we've abandoned the American people, right? Like an orphan. And then Trump became like a foster parent to many of these who bonded over a very unique connection of ignorance and, and, uh, and, uh, hate. Yeah. And you take away that parent. And of course the child is gonna, is gonna be throw angry, a temper confused. Tantrum. Yeah, yeah. And throw a temper tantrum. Right. And, and the, 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 the problem is the, this abandonment in the first place. And, you know, the government's inability to see the damages they have done to the American public. I completely agree. I completely agree. It's, I just, it sucks that Trump's the one (laughs) that spoke to these people. But I mean, but I know that people chose him. I know it's not the other way around. Uh, Something I, I also wanted to talk to you about was this whole GameStop thing that happened. Yo, oh yeah, yo. Today's all about politics. This is really interesting. This is the yeah. first. I think this is the first. How's it going? I really <laughs> took this direction. It's nice. Yeah. What's yeah. up? What's up with that? So, so GameStop. All right, and and I guess the initial story. Honestly, I wouldn't even have even mentioned it if a whole bunch of people at 
Wall Street bets, r slash Wall Street bets, join together to burn the shorts on GameStop and make tons of money. Like you know, it's a it's a nice story. These people, all these people on Reddit worked together. They made a lot of money, and the hedge funds got screwed. And I, they could have just ended at that, right? I mean, happy ending. Little guy wins, big guy loses. But as with most things in America, it just it just doesn't end the way it should have. Like you have all these people who just succeeded and they took a risk on in investing in GameStop to burn the shorts. And guess what happens? Robinhood just takes GameStop off the market and AMC theaters off the market to save these hedge funds ass. And it just doesn't make sense to me. It's why do we feel so bad for these hedge funds? What you feel bad for the hedge funds? I don't know why do we why do people feel bad for the hedge funds? Like why did Robinhood not allow the little guy to win? And it's so ironic because the story of Robinhood itself yeah. is <laughs> to take from the rich and give to the poor. Mm-hmm. And now this is a classic example of you know the poor taking from the rich, and now it's not allowed. Yeah, well, um, well, here's the thing. Robin Hood, despite the name, you could literally name Robin Hood End Poverty. And if it's a company, it's, its motivations are still for profit. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of investors of Robin Hood itself were Wall Street bankers. And, you know, that, that wouldn't have looked pretty at the next board meeting when a bunch of your investors say, hey, I fucking lost money because your platform allowed the normal average American realize that we've been skipping on them on for for literally decades you know you know that's that's what companies are so if you remove the name robin hood you realize that it's a company and companies have investors and shareholders and people with a lot of money and a lot of power and when you threaten that power they come after you but i would say though that the fact that this like happened the fact that robin hood actually shut down trading action I think would hopefully open people's eyes to like, wait a second, Robin Hood isn't Robin Hood. Robin Hood is actually the people that Robin Hood stole from. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, this is a victory. I think it's a dub. I don't know. Well, yeah, what's, and what's so great about this is this is one of the first things that everyone was able to agree on. Like AOC and Donald Trump Jr. Two, I don't think you can get on the opposite side of the social spectrum with those two. Mm. Uh, and they both agree that Robin Hood messed up and should have allowed these people to take their wins and get out of there. And and just think about how unfair this is. Like these people have invested money into GameStop and burnt the shorts and they were they were going to sell today. Today was going to be the day that they were going to take profits finally after this huge 2000% run and now they're watching GameStop fall like 200 bucks in a day and they can't sell. Mm. Like they can't sell and and they they have the stock. Yeah, yeah so they, they just they have a short squeeze in or whatever. Yeah, it's it, we're down forty four percent today, and not a single investor had an opportunity to to jump ship today. <laughs> That's yeah. terrible. That I feel like there's lawsuits coming. Like that can't be. That has to be against the law. Mm-hmm. I hope it is, and I hope I'm done with Robinhood, dude. I don't want to trade on there anymore. That's kind of terrifying. Imagine getting locked out of a stock you own because. Mm-hmm. The hedge funds are hedge funds are terrified. Apparently, there was like three hedge funds facing bankruptcy from this, and one that owed 
$2.4 billion after this short squeeze. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what, that's why I don't believe in a career in finance. Cause look, I mean, okay. So I think two things you can learn from, from all the, all of the shenanigans. One is that at the very end of the day, the people who have power have control, you know, that's the same yeah. thing actually with your, with your comment on social media. But the other thing is that the stock market is quite literally bogus, right? There, there, there's no, it's not based off anything except, oh, I heard this really cool quote that I think that can explain this is that in a world where everyone knows everything about like, who, who, about, um, how about this? In a world where everyone knows the same amount of information, the stock market would not exist because the stock market, what's the stock market based off of? It's based off the fact that some people know that this company is growing and some people who don't. The people who don't sell, sure. People who do buy, knowing that it's going to rise. But if everyone knows exactly what's going on, no one was going to buy when it should be selling time and no one's going to sell when it should be buying time. Mm. So nothing's going to happen. Right, but hedge fund hedge fund managers and these people who make money from money are basically like these monopolies of knowledge, and and frankly, like borderline inside trading, where they have the analysts and they have the power to predict movements of money and company growth or whatever, and make money, and that's why I don't believe in a career like that, right? Because because what are you contributing to the world? All you're doing is exploiting other people's lack of information to make money. Th- that's what a career in, in finance is, I think. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, you make a ton of bank. Yeah, sure. Fucking, you'll, you'll, you'll be living lavishly. But I, I don't think I can deal with that as a, as a, as a moral purpose in, in my career. Just can't. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just so happy this happened, David. I, I hope people really do open their eyes and look at the stock market as just this phony place for billionaires to move around their money because i mean gamestop didn't see an increase in sales or any good news whatsoever and now it's worth 193 dollars. and five days ago it was worth four bucks mm-hmm. yep it's it bogus it's fake and i just love how these hedge funds thought they were safe they thought that they could just suck all the life out of this retail stock that was doomed to go bankrupt at some point and they could just hide here and short it year after year until there's nothing left. And these Redditors all bound together to fight the hedge fund. <laughs> like, it's just such a great story. Like, I, I, I haven't smiled at the news in forever. So I'm glad. I'm glad we got this. Yeah, it's a good dub. It's a good dub. Yeah. So, uh, what's going with you, dude? Before you ask that question... Um... Uh, I, I do want to take this moment to to acknowledge that Cal. So you know, it's like a diary of sorts as well. So we gotta we gotta explain current days. Uh, Cal has been fucking killing it in in the in the screen time department. Like screen time experiment. Yeah, absolutely killing it. Yeah, so, uh, this is like day seven of like sub three, pretty much. Something like that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, some and really it feels good, man. It feels good. I've been just reading and writing in my journal a lot, going for walks. And mm-hmm. I mean, today I don't feel that good, but I mean, for the last seven days, I've felt pretty good. So yeah, good. there's benefits 
and I, you know, I, I like not being on my phone. Today I'm actually on pace for like a three though, so I definitely got to slow it down mm-hmm. because I'm already at like two hours thirty minutes. So I'm just gonna probably either you know watch a really good movie or work out and read. Not sure which one, but maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, dude, I, I I like I like this experiment, and I'm glad that I'm finally am like conditioned to just put my phone down. Like I really do have self-control at this point. Mm. That's what we want, man. I mean, shit, just like think about where we were at one point and where we are now. I mean, I'm still, I'm still, I think I'm still at that point. Like I'm also on track. I think where's my screen time right now? Let me see. My screen time right now, as of recording, as of this moment, is two hours and one eleven minutes. Ain't bad at all. Um, yeah, man, that's, I, a good pace. I, that's a good pace. Um, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I guess we'll get to this when we get to my part. But, um, but yeah, I just, um, I just wanted to ask you, like, when you're like on your phone, like, let's say you're watching YouTube, like later at night, right? Do you ever? Are you like fully just mesmerized, like just completely in the moment watching that video, or do you ever like take a moment to be like? I know I shouldn't be on my phone right now, but I just can't. Constantly. Constantly. Oh, it's a guilt trip the entire time. It's a guilt trip the entire time. And for some fucking reason, I keep going. Okay. Because um, I thought I it just, just had you like baby Einstein style. Like you just sat there drooling. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's not like that. There's, there's self-awareness involved. And it's like, oh, one more video that I'm done. And then for some reason. <laughs> so tell me what you're watching. I kind of want to know. I don't even fucking know. You know what? Let me just go on YouTube real quick and see what my <laughs> recommendations are. All right. So if yeah, I go over YouTube know. right now. Okay. So first video is a chess video. And I also watch a lot of movie clips, which are really addicting because like they're short bursts. Oh, yeah. The best moments of yeah. a movie. Uh, then some Super Smash Bros, some football highlights, more chess, Trump supporters, <laughs> Trump, Trump supporters being stupid for three minutes straight. Uh, basketball video, basketball video, movie clip, uh, worth it, BuzzFeed video, the the the, the worth it. You know, oh yeah, the, yeah. Uh, movie clip, uh, basketball, <laughs> football highlights, world record holder, twelve point three. You know, these zero point. This is a thirty second long video of like meaningless shit. But I just, I just <laughs> there's there's a video there's a there's a twenty four second video called China's an asshole. Uh, Football video, football video, tennis video. <laughs> yeah, sports video. video. They'll get oh, me too. Office clips, office clips. Yeah. Uh, ASMR, uh, a vlog video, Gordon Ramsay, curb your hypocritical swearing, how Taco Bell cooks their beef, uh, movie clip, tick, TikTok video. I don't watch TikTok on here though. Movie clip, chess. Yeah, so you get the idea. Um, I get the idea. Um damn it you just gotta do like do you just have to do it i feel like answering that question like really understanding why you do it and how you feel when you do it and just how can you have the willpower to put the phone down Hmm. like how can you overcome that like it's tough it's 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 how people have to like stop smoking cigarettes or stop doing heroin like it's this exact same ideas to be put in place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so like, what does it take? Like, what do you got to do? And, and and like, what's the alter? Like, what's a healthier alternative? Because that's really what this is all about. I I think I found one answer to that kind of, which is 
for one, one of my biggest weaknesses or, or one of the biggest best indicators that today's not going to be a good day is if I spend the early morning hours, like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. on my phone. Like that, that is the killer right there. Yeah. Because when I wake up, I'm like, okay, it's time to start a new day. And I see my phone and it's like two hours of screen time now. It's like, wait, what? Because technically 1 a.m. is the next day. Oh, yeah. That's no. Starting in a hole is the worst. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Starting in a hole and you have no motivation to dig yourself out. So you just go further. Uh, and again, we've said this so many fucking times on this podcast, but like starting your day off right. <laughs> I so I'm not strong enough to rescue a bad day. Yeah, in literally starting your day off like after twelve, um, yeah, like the moment twelve o'clock hits, like midnight, like you're starting your new day. Like it honestly yeah. starts there. Whoa, yeah. that's a fucking good point, yo. Yeah, like start your day off right, like not your morning, but your actual day, dude. Oh my, Cal, you're fucking genius. <laughs> dude so like if you start like maybe like end your end your night like reading at 12 30 bro you started your day reading you did fuck yeah yeah it's a good way to think it's it's crucial it's crucial yeah. to really start yeah 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 because i'm always obsessed with starting with my day right but i realized that i'm already fucking my day over <laughs> when yeah, you've been starting your day right. shitty yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah okay well there you go all right we solved it Okay. I mean, do well, I'll, 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 well, no, I'll, I'll try it. You know, this, this is an experiment. This has literally been like months of experimenting, right? We've done so many. Bullshit. Also, I realized, um, for the sake, whenever we do competitions, I think we should Venmo a dollar. I think, I think we, I think we talked about this last time. Oh yeah. Um, I think it makes more sense for like a dollar or like fifty cents or like a quarter or something. Yeah, like something, because it's something cheap. Yeah. Meaningless. Because my mom was asking, like, who, who the fuck are you Venmoing like five bucks to every single time? I'm like, nah, man, it's just for a bet. But yeah, so like. It would be funny, but like, you know, it's not for the money itself. It's for the fact that you lost and you lose something. Some, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the important part. I don't care if I send you 100 bucks or 500 bucks. It's all the same to me. Well, but I don't want to be I, bankrupt I, after. Yeah, yeah, I not, but, um, what's the minimum amount you can Venmo? Do you know? Let me see here. Oh, they signed me out automatically. That's terrible. Am I in? Please say that I'm in. I, I don't know my password, so... Oh, thank goodness. Let me see here. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100% that five is too is too much after a while. Like, every once in a while, five. But if we did that all the time, that's, that's a little too much money. Yo, I can literally pay you a quarter. Really? Yeah. Oh, great. Did you get the email? Yeah, I got your... <laughs> Here's a quarter. So nice. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Let's do a quarter. Let's do a quarter. Can I send you a quarter back? Probably. It's because I I know you have to like you have to like it, like withdraw your Venmo money out out of Venmo. So like it could just yeah. stay on Venmo. To be honest. Does your mom have you on Venmo? Uh no. She she has access to my bank account. Like she can see the. Uh, purchase oh i see i don't know if i like the social media aspect of venmo like i don't want to see what other people are spent sending money uh, to I mean, the reason why yeah it is kind of weird um can you make it private probably or just yeah, like write I, something I, I kind of want to like that's it's a little weird in my opinion 
I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I'll figure that out later. Yeah, a quarter is perfect, honestly. One quarter is what we have on the line now. Yep, yep, yep. Um, cool. You trying to do that tomorrow? Fuck yeah, man. Are we betting a quarter tomorrow? Okay. Yeah, a quarter. So, so really, do like, one David, cent? What if you one cent? One cent? I feel like that's that's too little, for being honest. I wouldn't even no, bend over true. to pick up a penny off the street, true, let alone stay off my phone. Important. Like, I pick up quarters. I'm a, yeah, I, yeah. I pick up quarters, but yeah, I don't pick up pennies. That sucks, that sucks. Right. I don't even think that homeless people pick up pennies. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it's worth anyone's time. I think it's a useless piece of currency. Yeah, I just yeah, think, I think cash is dumb. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. David. David. Mentally, though, I I do want to touch on that before we before we go because I mean this has been such a external podcast. I want to get a little internal before we sign off here. Thanks. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, and yeah. hopefully we're gonna talk about this a little bit more. I feel like I've always done that. Like, oh, let's talk about the next episode. And we just forget because there's always something else. To <laughs> yeah. Talk about. Yeah. Well, like, I'm we... Yeah. Go ahead. So, um, yeah, so I started my first week of class on Monday. Um, and I guess for the record here to, to keep this in the podcast archives, I'm taking four classes, um, economics 50A, which is learning how to use statistical coding to model like inequality, poverty, educational opportunity, all that kind of jazz. Um, I'm taking a psychology course on health stigma and discrimination really interesting stuff and and i have some notes down i i think it's like my 1984 i have some stuff to talk about there oh it has to do with power too anyways oh great oh great um, i'm also taking a general chemistry course which i'm i still don't know if it's good or not and, and, and i try not to think negatively about my classes because it's self-fulfilling right? if you think it's bad it's gonna be bad if you think it's good it's gonna be good so trying to think positively about the course so far um and just yeah um and then finally i'm taking an anthropology course oh great hey, uh, is it biology or behavior though it's social anthropology medical anthropology social medical anthropology it, it, it deals with epidemics pandemics oh okay syndemics. Hmm. syndemics are basically two epidemics uh kind of coexisting with each other and kind of unique behavior so like you know the the hiv epidemic in america has always been a, a big deal yeah but what happens to the hiv epidemic on top of the COVID pandemic or or maybe another sense what happens to the obesity epidemic on top of COVID epidemic so really interesting stuff um, a lot of reading though but yeah i just wanted to get this off my chest which is like Oh, a couple things off my chest. Shit, we might be here for a while. No, I'm just kidding. Um, That's okay. No, bro. What's the hurry, though? Really? Nice. Like, what does 40 minutes really mean? We're at zero minutes again. Go ahead. That's fact. That's fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for one, it's it's been snowing over here, which is cool and not cool at the same time. I haven't been able to go outside very often besides go for mm-hmm. meals and all that. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like I'm not exercising a lot, which is messing me up a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and my room is very small. So, like, <laughs> it's like not a lot of room for activities. And also, just it's not really overbearingly small, but it's just like I can, if I lie down, I can probably touch the wall, like from my. Whoa! Like, to my Wait, are you wall to wall laying down? 
Pretty much, yeah. Holy smoke. So you're in a little cube. Basically, yeah. I mean, again, it's not nothing too horrible, but the, the problem with it is that you're very aware of it and you're, aware, you're very aware that you're isolated and that awareness kind of eats at you a bit. You know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've learned that recently as well that, I mean, most people... <laughs> in the uh in the 21st century are just isolated like all the time like it's just how it is and um and it's really just about how can you remind yourself that you're not isolated even though you are and like some people listen to podcasts some people do certain things that just make them feel less lonely but being in a small little box with no room and it's there's a blizzard outside so you're not even capable of going and getting some fresh air like that sucks, David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm aware that it sucks. Uh, but I, and then on the other hand, this other thing, and this is the thing I'm glad I can have someone to share with, is that uh, I'm cracking my back. Um, so today's Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, Monday was you know because I wanted to start the semester off right. I wanted to have a productive day, very productive day. Very productive. In, in fact, I think my screen time on Monday was. Let me see. Was quick. it the sub two day? Yeah, it was a one one hour. Yeah, it was a sub two day. Yeah, exactly. That's when we both had sub twos. Yeah. Really good day, but. Okay, actually, now that I think of it, it's not too bad. But when I finished my day and I was getting ready to sleep, I you know I read a book and shit, and I felt uncomfortable, like ending the day off being productive. Like I'm so used to getting on my phone and you know numbing my brain mm-hmm. that I felt uncomfortable going to sleep. Like it felt the room felt too quiet because normally my my mind is filled with the stuff I wash or whatever. And that scared me. But but uh, from the conversation we had, I mean, I just realized that like, yeah, they're just habits, and you just got to get get rid of them. Yeah, um, it was a painful process, it's but a, it's necessary. And it's a it's a serotonin and dopamine withdrawal as well. Of course, yeah, you're gonna yeah, feel exactly. Well. exactly. I'm used to having that kind of stimulation at that sort of yeah. time. So I'm, yeah, so I'm not too worried anymore. But hold on. At the same time, do you think YouTube offers you that outlet to make you feel less lonely? Or do no. you think it just distracts no. you? Distracts because Because afterwards, I feel even lonely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, really? Because it's just like... How, no, seriously, though. Like, Are you just straight up lonely right now? Not in that sense, because you know I have a roommate, uh, Daniel. He he's super cool, and we 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 talk. But it's also just like I don't know. Oh, you 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 have a roommate? Yeah, I have a, I have a well, sweetmate. Um, he How does that work? Room. Oh, but you guys are connected by door. By by do- uh by uh, so we share a common room. So there's a living room. So so our dorm itself isn't that small, but the place where I sleep and where I work is very small. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. So, and do you guys kind of just coop up in your little rooms and just get stuff done? Yeah, and then when we eat, we go out to the other room and, and talk and shit. Um, Still, though. Actually, I kind of like that setup, but at the same time, I get what you're good. saying. Yeah, which yeah. is why I don't think I'm in a position to complain because, you know, it's, it's really good living conditions for 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 college, you know, so. Um, but I, th- I think the problem is I just, I'm not going outside. The, 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 that's, I need to be outside. You know, I need to be exercising. And frankly, I'm overrunning especially in the cold. I just don't like running in the cold. I, I, unless it's tennis, but also tennis, 
it's been windy these past few days as well and you know like t- windy tennis is it's not fun percent worse than hot tennis or cold tennis. it's just it's it's not fun like yeah, it's just annoying even if you're hitting well you're like ah, it's not fun yeah, it's, not, it's not fun so yeah hopefully when when i can go outside and maybe just take a walk you know i'll just probably take a walk tomorrow and see how that goes um, yeah yeah but well, i do hope that goes oh. well yeah, and, and and also so Tuesday, Wednesday, and I shared my screen time with you. You probably could tell bad days. I think they were like a rebound, <laughs> like shit. Yeah. Was, oh my god, I rebounded. So mm. I, I tasted freedom. I tasted freedom on Monday. What it's supposed to mean? And Tuesday, Wednesday, I did not taste it. It was not good days. And today is kind of like a mixture between what Tuesday, Wednesday, and Monday felt. I, I'm so far pretty productive. Had my had my loose ends. But it comes um, down to to later in the night, really. Exactly. Exactly. Can and, you pull, and, can you pull through? Yeah, because the day after a bad day also has a bad start because you, you know you do the fucking early morning shit. Oh so yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. I feel like tomorrow is gonna be a great day, especially what I learned from you today. So, um, yeah, man. I, hope I, so. think, yeah, I, yeah. I think this has been. I think we keep one upping ourselves for these episodes because we talked about some really interesting shit. I got some really good. I got a lot of stuff on my chest, and you were able to teach me a lot. Um, yeah, I definitely. Yeah. Before we go, I, I just want to ask you one thing, mm-hmm. uh, because like I really came into this episode so charged up and just hyped up and just boiling boiling over because I had just so much I wanted to talk about, and I kind of hated every kind of like not everything I said, but I kind of hated how I said it. And I was just ahead of myself the entire time. I was like two thoughts in front of my words the entire time. And it's kind of a tough feeling. Like it's going to, this is going to be a hard one to listen back to because I really wish I, my delivery was better. And like, how do you, do you have any advice on that? Just slowing down and, and really thinking before you speak. Well, two things. First of all, I didn't really notice that. I don't think you came off as at all disorganizing your thought. Because you were pretty forthright. You know, you talked about George Orwell, some of the interesting things that he brought up. The big point that you had, which was, you know, the, the well, you, you you brought up double think, but you also brought up the military idea, which yeah, yeah. you fucking mind because that's a, you know, interesting way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I completely understand. Um, it's also expectation. It, you know, yeah. it's so, uh, this happened to me today as well because today I, I met with this PhD student that I'm working with. Um, and I just spent a week researching on topics and I thought I came up with some really interesting shit. Like I, I found out this really interesting stuff about this molecule and transporter and wanted to share with him is, and like it partly to impress, you know, cause there's that factor involved for, for of course, of course, the other fact, like, yo, I did this, man. And turns out like the stuff that I found out was kind of irrelevant to the project and it couldn't be used. Mm. And, I remember even telling myself like because that's the other thing like like fantasizing over over like scenarios like it's kind of funny like I, I for a second like I fantasize like yo I found some really interesting shit like yo I can probably get my own project started on this you know like like these unrealistic thoughts I think we yes talk, yes talk about unrealistic thoughts we know we've talked about expectations before and how you just have to kind of approach life with no expectations right yeah but yeah, think, yeah. like tempering so, that expectations are important but like yeah they are they are yeah 
right? So, so, but, but awareness of that, like, yo, I could, I, I, these are my expectations, but I should be aware that they aren't promised and they probably aren't going to happen. You know, it's not pessimist. It's more like just pragmatic, you know, it's being yeah. Yeah, because I've noticed that sometimes I try to have these like really low expectations, but what that does is it kills off hope. And right, and that's not the life without it. hope is a terrible life. So you have to just have high expectations, but also have another set of expectations as well. Like it's mm-hmm. almost instead of having one high expectation, it's about having multiple expectations, mm-hmm. if that's even possible. Like expect that things might go well or might go bad, or you know just come into it but with a little bit of optimism. Yeah, yeah. You can have expectations, but like great expectations, but what you can't have is you you expecting that those will happen guaranteed. Exactly. You're, you're exactly. Disappointment if that happens. Yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah, yeah I, but mm-hmm. that was probably a tough feeling, like yeah, realizing I, that what you researched and, and brought but, up was... Exactly, yeah. but, but then I thought like, well, what if I came in thinking... You know what? These were interesting things that I found. I had fun finding them and reading them, and I learned a lot. And whatever happens, happens. You know, whatever wh- wh- whether this this ends up ends up becoming a thing or not, I'm not going to expect too much from it. But looking the good side out of what happened also helped a little too. But um, oh, I wanted to add. So, like, I think for the future of how's it going, um, I think on the weekends we can plan for like these longer episodes, like hour long. Mm, yeah. And like weekdays, yeah. we can do like little spurts of like 20, 30 minute stuff. Like just I like on. that. I, I like that. Cool. Yeah, but the weekends is like our full decompressing, get everything off our chest. Doesn't matter yeah. how long we go on. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, because dude, I didn't, I watched Soul and I didn't even bring that up because I wanted to talk about the other stuff first. Oh, you watched Soul too? Dude, we got to and, and, and that's, God. you get what I'm saying? Like this has been a great month because I haven't gone on my phone. This is, this is why I have so much to talk about was because of all these sub twos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. So, well, I mean, okay, we definitely need to talk about soul. So, let's both try to remember that for the next episode. Let's try this. Yeah, I'll, I'll write it in my journal and I'll bring it back up. Cool. But yeah, definitely this weekend, let's do a full decompression because in general weekdays might be rough to do like a whole hour to to do this because you know, unfortunately, homework is real <laughs> for me. I, I love how an hour of podcasting is is a burden, but then we just a four hour day on our phone isn't a burden. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like I'm beginning to realize like how much time is wasted. Yes. It's an illusion though. You don't feel like you're wasting that much time. Yeah, exactly. All right. Anyways, uh, don't want to go on another tangent. I think this is a great ending point. Yeah. Good episode today, Cal. It's good. Oh, yeah, and I'm starting my own podcast. I didn't even get to talk about that. What? Yes, dude. I got a lot. Dude, Molly, Molly put together a nice logo for me. It's called Please Talk to Me. And it's just like my desperate cry for conversation. And I can do like random calls. Uh, no. So I'm going to, I'm buying a new like dynamic mic and I'm going to use the blue Yeti as like a ship off mic. So ah. people can just plug. Cause it's, you know, it's really user friendly. So I feel like it's the perfect ship around to people, mic. And basically I'm just going to ask people to talk to me. And I like, I already have a list of people. I have an art history professor phd at the junior college my neighbor kim english phd i have you of course you're someone who i feel like would be a great addition to that show and i'm just this one i'm really excited for because i've I've had a few like shows in the works but there's just 
something there's just beauty in the simplicity of this show and, it, and there's also not a lot of preparation or editing that has to be done for something like mm. this nice right. yeah okay so soul and your new podcast let's talk let's keep that in all the right we'll, we'll, br- we'll bring that up in the next episode so this is how cal and david felt on an extra long how's it going on thursday january 28th 2021